Welcome to Bonehead. We'll get to the topic in a second, but can I tell you what made my nipples hard this week? Was it Renfield? Second hardest. Evil Dead Rises? Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise. The problem I have, Mm -hmm. probably shot before the other movie even ever came out, was mm-hmm. that poster and her smile is a little too much like the smile person from Smile. Oh, it is. I knew it was like, why does that look especially familiar? The poster, especially the poster. Yeah, I was like, why does that look familiar? Yeah, they're capitalizing. But I know, and, and by the way, I follow Mr. Cronin, the director, on on Twitter. He's hilarious. And mm-hmm. I appreciate his updates. I appreciate the gallons of blood. and But I mean, the huge 500-gallon containers that he had. It was like, oh, excited. So can, can I be honest about yeah. that? I did not look up anything on it. I was just kind of like, let me be surprised. So I, ref- I we don't, we hadn't talked about it other we than we're all- showed anything that was giving anything away. Other no. Than- no, making- no. And usually I miss, and usually I skip trailers because I'm like, eh, I'll just, I'll just wait. Um, but I watched it because it's evil dead and I wanted to see the trailer and that's the first I've ever seen of any kind of plot on the movie. For some reason, wasn't there a point where it's supposed to take place in a, in a skyscraper? It's supposed to be a high, it's, it's called rise evil dead. It's like a high rise is what we were told, but it's clearly an apartment building. It, yeah. It's clearly a, either yeah. it's an apartment building or a house. I'm like, Oh wait, that's, an, it is an apartment building. apartment building. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I was a little confused, but I was like, wait, so I'm glad it's not because I was like, oh, well, and I didn't, I'm just, I'm, I, I am seriously dying to see it. Um, I am legitimately excited. Well, here's what Sam Raimi does well, because I think the, and I hate calling it the remake because it's not a remake, but the mm-hmm. Fetty Alvarez interpretation, reboot, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it, was way, I thought it was, you all know. It was the dumbest idea I'd ever heard. And then mm-hmm. I saw the trailer and saw the stars. Like, whoa. And then I watched it. It's like, now this is the best thing I've seen in 10 years. Yeah, or and I, 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 and as far as something like that goes, it was so well made. And I, if the, this Cronin dude does 70% of what Fetty did with the other one, I'll be happy. And I honestly think Evil Dead in terms of horror movie sequels, I th- that's one of those ones where I don't think like it can just keep making sequels. It doesn't need to be a reboot. Ever. No, absolutely. It just can be one person's interpretation because the book can float. The book can be different. Uh, and clearly in the trailer, the book it's, is different. It's different. Yeah. It's there could different. be well, multiple there could be multiple, multiple copies books. of the next Yeah, yeah. I was about to say, because I mean the book as it was, I mean, part some of the times the book that we see has been transcribed. So all you had to do is transcribe a p- couple pages. It's like the dark hold in that fashion. Um but yeah, one thing I did want to say, because it's the thing that I've seen get the most response out of the trailer, is the greater. Yeah. Like, people are flipping out about the greater. And I'm like, it didn't really? bother me that bad. It didn't bother me either. <laughs> I think it's because that's an innate fear. I, I mean, I worked in the food service business. If you don't cut your hand on a slicer or a grater once, you ain't even working that hard. <laughs> well, there you go. But uh, yeah, I'm excited. I apologize to all the people that ate my flesh. I'm excited about that. It looks good. Hopefully, it doesn't suck. I, I honestly, if it's and this Parmesan cheese tastes salty. Once again, if it's only sixty or seventy percent as good as a trailer, I'll be more than happy to pay my ticket price. Oh yeah. And in April, nipples hoping harder. That Renfield movie looks way better than it has any right to. All right, question. Yeah, James, have you seen it? Please, t- I have not seen the trailer seen. yet. Oh I my literally- god. 
How can here, you not here's, have seen here's the, the deal with that. Don't here's ever the say deal you're with that. I'm pulling a Chad. Don't ever say it. He's not I'm pulling a Chad. I don't want anything ruined for me. Damn it! No, it, I can't. Because, because that that that's the movie that I'm waiting for. Now I can't complain. You can. What's it's just problem? that nobody will care. So I, it's not a complaint per se. It's just. But you just said you can't complain. Yeah. Well, it. I. I. I misspoke. It's and right. I don't think it's not a complaint. It is mine too. I'm. I am legitimately excited to see it. Is James? Do you care? No, I'll end up watching the trailer. Go ahead, Gene. I'll wait. No, I'll wait. I'll wait. Well, the I don't... fans want to know. The fan wants to know. <laughs> James, so... tell, tell me to go or not, or I won't. Go. Just, just go. I'll watch the trailer, so Gene. Why? It's the whole thing about Renfield becoming a superhero. Well, I don't think he's a superhero. I mean, I guess you could say that. Yeah, he's got power. But, but what in the book? He, he's just he a schlub. Him. He controls his mind, though, right? Yeah, yeah. He is not free will. He does not have what we would consider free will. He's a zombie, basically. And this movie's about yeah. Renfield. It's not about Dracula. Yeah, he because uh, he's got to eat the bugs and whatnot. You see. No, it's about Dracula. Hence the name of that the movie. Yeah, Dracula. <laughs> see, Chad, it's not about Frankenstein. It's about Frankenstein's monster. Actually, no, it's about Frankenstein. James, I'm sorry. I did that. That that was my that was my only thing. Was uh, it looked exciting as hell, but I'm just like, wait, why did they go that angle? Hey, if you've got Nicolas Cage playing Dracula and you play it fucking straight, I'm stabbing you in the face. Yeah, that's true. I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. yeah, again. Matter of fact, I'm gonna. And go by the way, say, it looks like he's playing it straight, which is I, the funniest I, way to go. And I'm gonna say that's the entire thing. You shouldn't. Your monster never should be the straight man. No, right? it's real. Like in in com comedic pairing language, that should never be. Your monster shouldn't be your source of normality. Well, James you know? Wales. It literally James James actually was stronger than me this time. I will give James credit because I do not watch I do not watch trailers, but Renfield and Evil Dead in the same week, and I could not avoid the temptation. I, I hit know, play. I didn't know Renfield was coming out in April. I didn't either. I thought it was. I, I thought it was. Well, we did, and you know, we did this because we talked about it during the year in review. <laughs> That's what we said. But I, I somehow told myself it was coming out in June. Well, for three or four months. Hold on. I hope. I can only hope Renfield makes three times what this Avatar film makes. It won't. But I don't care about that. I just want the movie to be good. I mean, nobody didn't make anything, you know. And damn, that's a good film. Do you think we'll get nobody sequels? So Bob Odenkirk keeps saying that they're trying to they're they're working on it. It's getting there. There's movement, but I just I, I mean I think I it got a lot of attention when it came out on on uh, streaming and and Blu-ray. And um, I've watched it four times, and I'm I'm just like I just I just love it. Oh my my entire family dug it. I mean even even yeah. my wife was like this is more fun than it has any right to be, and I'm like yeah it's great. It's just it's just fun. It's all it is. It, it's John Wick with the family. Mm -hmm. John Wick for the family. <clears throat> all right. So let's talk about our topic real quick. This, yep. was, this was my idea. And if it's confusing, I'm sorry. But what it is, is I often ask people about what the bug that bit them or what popped their cherry or whatnot. Or why, when we, especially when we interview people and we get them on here. Was, what was the thing that got you into this craziness of show business? And I realized that 
twofold. One, we kind of talk about it, but not a whole lot over our 200 and some episodes, I don't think, for what it was for us and what we would recommend for our kids when it comes to horror and maybe science fiction. I wanted to throw that out there, too. Also, what really got us, I don't know that I've ever actually explained it too much. I don't know. I'm sure we have just kind of off talking about it, but I'm just curious. What I'd like to have is a conversation about if you've got a child and you want them to be interested in these things, or you think it's a, what should you introduce them to? Well, that is not what that text said at all, by the way. (laughs) That's actually what I prepared for, Joe. I got what you were going for. I, yeah, I don't know why uh, I did he, it either. You said literature. And then I, I, meant, I said for James for literature. And then I I was wondering, and it was like, what popped your cherry? And Chad's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, what do you mean you didn't know? What, what was I it? mean, I got what popped your cherry meant, but then you were talking about literature and all this other stuff. I'm like, oh, so stuff, which by the way, I'm totally okay with this topic. I don't have to have anything prepared. I know what it was, but you it was. That you that you didn't. But but can I do a caveat? No, I didn't. Real quick? I said I didn't know that this was the topic. What, James? Is that what I said? I don't know what popped my cherry. No, I, no, no. That's not. No, but, I'm. Real quick though, I want to do a caveat with yeah. this. As, as my kids are, I mean, to my knowledge, I have the oldest kids out of out of the bone. To your to yeah. our knowledge, I want to do. I mean, to my to my <laughs> knowledge, I mean, I don't know. I'm Maybe pretty you've got, sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm I'm ninety nine percent sure. Yeah, I mean, unless there's one uh, stuff in the basement I that swing nobody's paying around all over the place. I didn't. And he's care. holding a softball bat, <laughs> and he has broken a lamp. Um, and that's why. But I now, have what a I wanted up, to say, that's why I have a messed up rotator cuff. What I wanted to say is, it doesn't matter how hard you try, um, to direct what your children will become interested in. I do want to give the caveat up front. They're going to find their own way too. And that's exactly what's happening on, that's what's happening on my side. And, and I think that's one of the things like my kids are into certain things that I'm into in certain ways, but not always to the level that I am. Right. But, but why I think this is a great topic is I see for lack of a better term, the flavor of what I introduce them to popping up and what they're into right so it may be I'll, I'll just give it this broad example maybe they're not the big star trek geek i am but i see the influence and in what they are into right so i can track right. that i introduced them to x and they went off on their own and discovered why but i can see why why appeals to them because i introduced them to x right? you mean yeah. x versus sever no nobody enjoyed that nobody matter of fact Antonio Banderas said that he would rather play Puss in Boots a thousand more times than have that movie acknowledged. Now I don't know if he really said that, but I'm betting I'm betting he feels that way. And and by the way, I want to I want to issue an apology to Joe. I am sorry. I should have said I should have what I should have stated is I may have misread the text that I that you sent. Why is so, he issuing it? Did you call a press conference? Is yes. it one of those Trump ones where nobody shows? I got the <laughs> Did you are you at the, the four, four seasons? seasons? <laughs> the four seasons. I didn't hear anything about. Actually, there's a people. By the way, I real I don't know. I've read a little bit of it. I really hope this Kevin McCarthy thing just keeps going. Oh uh, yes, it's, it's eight votes. Yeah, no, it's eleven. No, it's isn't eleven it? now. Oh, it's, 11. it's not twelve by now. Maybe twelve. No, they, it's eleven. Okay, I didn't. I, I just they, wanted to keep going. Did they vote though to call it a night? Because yeah, last they called, checked, they, they officially called it a night again. Okay, on, because they were having to argue whether they should take a twelfth vote tonight, and I'm like, honestly, why? 
Why? If if the first eleven didn't work, why did they not have this? I don't know. It makes me. I watch a lot of dysfunction and what uh, Bill Maher calls the party you caucus with. So I'm not registered either, but I probably would <laughs> if caucus with a Democrat simply because that's just slightly more. But yeah, isn't it fun? Yeah, it's oh. not really a politics show, but I agree. Yeah, with no, no, it it is. I just it, it, you brought it up, and I'm just like I got. It, I'm just enjoying it. Not, and it's not. By the way, people. For my friends who listen who are Republicans and those who are Democrats, I am not bashing Republicans. I just There's love the four dis- or five in the house, though. I just love the dysfunction of watching these people just completely make asses out of themselves. They're they're rich. They don't care about us. <laughs> no. And they are completely looking like complete just childish, child childish assholes. And I just love every minute of it. Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, not, and, 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 and by the way, true. that goes for Republicans. And Democrats. Yeah, Again. I was going to say, both of them are playing a game of, if you don't play my way, I'm t- going to take my ball yeah. and go home. The problem yeah. is, I'm rubber that affects all of us yeah. more than it affects them. Because at the end of the day, they don't accomplish anything. They still get paid. Right. Whereas, if I go into my job and pull that, guess who's You're in higher ed. Yeah. You're not in the private sector. Were they? Oh, uh, no, believe me, results are expected. They may not look the same as private sector, but results are expected. I touched a nerve. Well, actually, I'm going to go a little bit more than the other two boneheads and say there's something I've said for years is you can say what you want to about Republicans. They normally fall in line. I have now watched that party not fall in line. Yeah. And I actually always said they're much better at falling in line than Democrats. I don't know how Trump has destroyed them this way, but they that's no longer true. So I don't know if it's necessarily true. I don't, again, I have a hard time believing it was all Trump because Trump's not that good. So no, 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 Dude. it's a, it's, it's, he's, he's just the masthead of what they let in. Right, right. Yeah. He let them in. He got the public doing what he got. He is the, the, he's just that. I don't know what else to say it, but he's basically the poster boy for what they let into their party. Oh yeah. I agree. So that's yeah, why. No, well, no. and and again, me, in in defense, and again, we we really got to stop talking about politics and let's get back in into defense this. of politics. Though let's let's not forget, Trump has been a Democrat, he's been an independent, he's been a Republican, and if you his fingerprints are all over a lot of different campaigns. Oh, that's I agree. All I'll say. And my fingerprints are all over a lot of M and M's. Guys, so wait. Okay. Uh, before we get into the topic, Joe, I'm sorry. I love how your topic has become a no topic. <laughs> This is what happens to me. Out of curious, I have a pot. I have a topic every eighteen thousand episodes. I know a lot of guests come through me, but most topics do not. I will be the first person to say. Yeah. Um. So, it's we're back on politics, but it's it's not really politics. So I have I've subscribed to Peacock for a year, and I am I am slowly enjoying watching the old school wrestling just because of of that memories of watching it. And I'm watching WrestleMania 10, and they're taught they're highlighting all the fabulous celebrities. Now, granted, Burt Reynolds was on this episode. He's in for about three seconds, and then it leads off with Little Richard. Again, not too bad. But who's the follow-up to Little Richard? The president of the hair club for men. Followed by, and they are playing it for serious 
And here is President Bill Clinton. And it's that impersonator guy who was who had like his claim to fame for those those eight years where he looked exactly sort of exactly like Bill Clinton. And they are interviewing it like it's Bill Clinton. And it is absolutely stunningly hilarious. Joe, topic, go. So that's my topic. So I started, I always do with my research of lists and what different people have lists of what you should introduce, especially when it comes to horror. There's a lot. And there's... uh, what I found out is this is that you're both right. They kind of find their way, no matter what you say, they're going to choose their own way. And that's the way it should be. But James is probably right. You flavor their, if flavors of word, I would say another one is just, you kind of, you're adding another filter and that filter is on them for the rest of their lives simply because you were the one who probably did the most impression upon them at that age. Now, with all that being said, there is, I thought, oh, there's a ton of science fiction literature. There is. Mm-hmm. And I thought there's not a lot of movies. And then I started looking at the horror films and I started thinking about movies. There are more science fiction films for young kids than there is dark stories and horror. I don't know why it was in my head that it wasn't. And then a lot of these lists do not include the science fiction films that I would include. Okay. Yeah. As I was going through it. So I I cannot pinpoint the horror film that made me the person I am, but I'm pretty sure it's probably Poltergeist. You think? It That scene with him ripping his you know, face off. I mean, Cat People was probably the first one I saw, the 82 version, because I saw it in the drive-in. And mm-hmm. we talked about that when we did 82. And I remember that vividly, scenes from it. But as far as the plot, I think it's Poltergeist. Okay. I think. Jaws or Poltergeist, because Jaws is a horror film. So, it definitely, though, Jaws is one of my favorite movies. Poltergeist is one of my favorite movies. Not as much as Jaws, but poltergeist maybe it but i really need some help i it wouldn't i would need to talk it out does that make sense because as i said here and just kind of chisel away through my memories in my brain because poltergeist came out in 82 it probably would have been on hbo 83 84 and then the next thing i can remember you know it's kind of ghostbusters it's both ghostbusters and poltergeist right what about you yeah i mean go ahead james yeah, I mean, mine is it is Star Trek. It is without a doubt Star Trek. But I will give a caveat. I was for horror. Um, well, I'm just saying for yeah, well, for yeah. No, you got to remember. I was I was a cow. No, no, not Wrath of Khan. The TV series. I oh, mean, no, mine love didn't get to me. But the Wrath of Khan, the scene with the ear thing, bothered me. No, no, no. I mean, but my introduction to science fiction, which was my gateway to horror. It's probably why I have such a soft spot, even though obviously it was way, way later in my life uh, for Event Horizon, because it is probably the one of the best mergers of science fiction-ish and horror, extreme horror. Um, but no, I, I think, I mean, to the bug that bit you question, you know, I I, I grew up as, as self-defined poor white trash, and we didn't go to the movies. We didn't, you know, we didn't, cable wasn't even ran out to where we lived yet. We didn't have a satellite. We didn't have any of that. Oh, I had a satellite. 
Let's talk about it some more. So, you know, we got three channels. One was the Ag Report, one was KT, and one was what would eventually become a Fox affiliate. And all they showed was shows that they got in syndication. It was Star Trek, MASH, I think Dr. John at one point. I don't know something. Uh, and the only one of those I really enjoyed, I was I was too young for MASH, but I can remember being two yeah. or three, sitting on my dad's lap on our busted down, you know, 1970s era green furniture and watching Star Trek. And, uh, you know, it wasn't horror per se, Chad, but it was what I had, right? And yeah. so I think that, but what got me into that and it made me love science fiction was also, as I would watch it, you know, to the extent that he could, my father would talk about the actual quote-unquote science that they were doing. Now, my dad was not a physicist by any means, but he would talk about, you know, when this came out, the idea of having a device that you could pick up and flip open and talk to somebody with science fiction. But even in the 80s, they were seeing more things like that, so he would talk about how that would work. And that, as I was thinking about this and this topic that Joe proposed, I actually started to look and it, there was, there's actually been articles written about how do you get your children into science fiction. And one of the recommendations actually is to talk about actual science, right? To show them that, yes, this is fiction, yeah, but there are people who actually study this noise. And to Joe's credit for this topic, it actually made me stop and think, why did I, when I first went to college, I went as a physics major. And it all goes back in some, we I mean, winding road. But if you twa- trace the winding road back far enough, I like twait better. If you, I know, I, uh, I like if you do, if you twice it back, and if you trace it back far enough, you're gonna find me sitting watching Star Trek, and and I do think, you know, I was very late to horror. I've mentioned on this show several times. I was a coward when I was a kid. Horror movies got to me too bad. The ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark would get to me, and there are actually some Star it's Trek episodes. It's based on James's real life. Um, <laughs> No, actually, the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Uh, that's, anyway, no, that's the, based uh, on his prepubescent years. Um, but I do, uh, I do think though that even in Star Trek, there are those episodes that are really, I mean, they're not horror writ large the way we think today. But one of my all-time favorite episodes from the time I was a kid was *The Squire of Gothos*. If you're familiar with, for those people who don't remember the titles of the shows, it's the Trulane episode. It's the proto cube. And if you watch that episode, there's this, they encounter this being of immense power who has the mentality of a child. It's very much like a certain famous Twilight Zone episode. And he can create fire, but it, he can't make the fire burn you, right? Because he's not mature. He can't, but he can kill you easily enough. And so that's kind of the entire, there was that very horrific element in it. And there's also other episodes that explore the horror of war. There's an entire episode dedicated to the fact that a computer says, well, to control the population, you have to kill everybody on board this ship. And the civilization goes, oh, sorry, you got to die, right? And so I think there's something to those science fiction elements that fed how I view horror to this day, right? The horror that gets to me the most is the random horror, where something says, nope, sorry, you've got to die, right? It's the reason that I think The Ring, The Grudge, those type of movies... Um, basically the, I guess, Japanese-infused horror, where most American horror, the old-school American horror, you know, you had to do something wrong, right? You had to meet the wrong person. You had to, but this, oh, Americans sorry. For a reason. Yeah, this, oh, sorry, you just have bad luck, and now you have to die. 
that scares the living daylights. I mean, I think it goes back to Star Trek, those types of episodes of Star Trek where, you know, they're supposed to be explorers and they just happen to go down to the wrong planet. Uh, also, real quick, Chad, the other yeah. horrific episode that is burned into my memory of Star Trek, and it's only the beginning of the episode, but I remember being, I probably remember it from watching it about four or five. Um, They beam down to the planet and everything looks dead. Right, everything's dead, 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 and then they find this old beat-up tricycle, and they go over to look at it, and this this kind of deformed, warped-looking individual screams, "It's mine! It's mine!" and comes running at him, and then drops dead. The episode is Miri, and basically, it's the plot is that there's a way to address something, and a virus broke out, and basically, as soon as you hit puberty, you rapidly age and die. That's the plot of the episode, but that beginning. That first two minutes of that episode where everything just is it's shot like a horror film and it burned its way into my memory. And I still think that is, I mean, obviously it's dated now and now that I'm older, I look at it differently, but it's still probably one of the most horrific two minutes of film or television that I can put my hand to. Okay, so Joe, which one do you want me to tackle? Do you want me to talk, tackle horror or sci-fi? I want you to talk about both. I okay. science fiction for me would be, and, and in science, Star Wars isn't science fiction, but for me, the other one that was a huge impact on me was the Last Starfighter. Yeah, but well, but, I, I and I wasn't I because I didn't talk about the science fiction. But I want you to do both. And okay. I'm listening, I just need to go do one thing, but keep going. All right, so I'll start with horror. Um. Now, this wasn't, again, this wasn't what got me interested. It's just the movie that scared the crap out of me, and it also introduced me to horror. Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, I, my mom showed me that way too early, and it scarred me. Um, you, you and my wife have that in common, right? Yeah. I mean, Dana's babysitter's son mm -hmm. thought it was hilarious to show it to her when she was way too little to see it, yeah. right? And I thought my mom thought I was mature. She wasn't doing it out of spite or anything. She just thought I was mature enough. And I literally sit there froze. Freddy Krueger scared the hell out of me. Yeah. Um, but, and I honestly, at that point, I was almost sworn off of horror. I'm like, I can't watch any horror um, after that. But then I got introduced to two other horror films around the same time. Uh, the first one's Cujo. Mm -hmm. I loved Cujo and it also got me in, it got me interested in Stephen King. Um, so that started a, a, a lifelong love of horror and Stephen King. And then also at the same time, so Cujo was number one and the second one was Critters. I still love Critters to this day. Critters one and two, the only two worth mentioning. <laughs> but, uh, Chad, yeah. You talked about being introduced to Stephen King through film more or yeah. less and that's how it happened because it, it, it was Cujo and then it yeah I, I think that's really interesting because I think I mean did you go back then and start to read Stephen King so here's what's funny um I I never had access to Stephen King um well I that's wanted, because they knew you would shoot up schools well, if you read I, it. I, yeah I wanted to read him really bad and, you know, it, it wasn't one of those take Chad to because I love to read. I always did. Um, I just never got the outlets to read as much as I would like. <laughs> Chad, it's been and, long enough. You don't have to do that. I was reading it for the articles. It's OK, uh, man. It's I like, love you, to read by outlets. He means hooked on phonics. 
Um, so I actually, I didn't pick up Stephen. I didn't, I didn't pick up the first Stephen King book I ever read was it. I read it in seventh grade. Um, and that's the first time I read a Stephen King book was in seventh grade. Cause that's the first time I was able to get my hands on one. And then after that, it didn't stop. I think I um, we talked about this on the Stephen King. Episode, but that's when I read misery. Misery was my yeah. first. And I read it in seventh grade. Um, but before that, um, I got introduced and I know he's he's one of these people who you have a hard time talking about now because of certain views that came out before he died. Michael Crichton got me really obsessed with science fiction. The one of the first science fiction books I ever read was The Andromeda Strain. Hey, what did Michael Crichton do? I don't know what you're talking about. James, do you know? Do you know? I I know some people had some comments about him, but to be honest, I didn't read it because, quite frankly, I knew he was near death. That yeah, sounds he, terrible. He came out with a lot of uh, anti-vax and other things like that uh, comments, and he kind of got blacklisted for a lot of his comments. Oh, really? he turned out not to be that great of a guy, oh. <laughs> and it all came out towards the end of his life. Um. So yeah, uh, and because it's Michael Crichton and he wrote ER and he's a former doctor, just like Dr. Oz, you know, it kind of, it, it didn't really help the situation. Um, but back on horror, I mean, watching Critters at six years old, seven years old, you're like, oh God, it's another horror film. And then it's, it's a soft horror. Cujo isn't soft. Cujo is not soft horror, but the fact that I had a St. Bernard at that age and I knew that that really, you know, I would watch Cujo, watch them terrorize this boy and this kid and all these all these people. And then I'll go outside and there's my St. Bernard who's running at me at full speed to knock me down and slobber all over me. <laughs> it was kind of like, it didn't scare me as bad as I thought it would. And then Critters, again, soft horror. It was a nice gra- graduation into, into horror where it's just these little fuzzy little monsters that will eat you to shreds and shoot you with quills and they trap this family in the house and it, it, a, the, the, uh, have you watched it lately i uh, know i've seen critters 2 which i still love i haven't watched critters 2 in a while i watched critters 1 two years ago i was during lockdown and yeah. uh it's uh it, it just is better in my head okay yeah i i never went back to watch critters 1 i haven't found it on streaming i will when i see it in streaming again but i i in preparation for an interview, I think with Mick, yeah, um, I've, I I watched Critters too again, and I still love it. I'm sure uh, I, yeah. it's a bigger budget movie. He even talked about it. He remember he said we had twice the budget of the original for a barely middling six sex film, right? And I make this joke all the time, but I'm serious. Best Easter movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't don't bring that up to Mel Gibson. He has a different opinion. Um, well, I'm aware, and he's yeah. wrong. <laughs> but yeah you bring this up and actually this is a great chat because i think this is really interesting because you got into horror and you talk about how you know uh critters was soft horror yeah i like i said i was a coward as a kid i was really easy to scare yeah uh and so i got into it i did love the classic universal monsters but i think the other way i got into horror was comedy because I loved from the first time I because my dad loved Young Frankenstein. Yeah, I remember watching it before I got half the jokes. When the funniest thing to me was Flat Frau Blucher and the horses winning, like that was what I thought was hilarious. As I got older and realized there's a lot of other jokes there. Um, that being said, 
I think that helped me get into to, like from science fiction. I got into horror comedy. Uh, you know, Young Frankenstein is a great example. Uh, my mother showed me Love at First Bite. You know, mm-hmm. not as I well like, known these days, but a I, lot of fun. It's a I, lot of fun. Uh, the, when, when they're getting ready the to get poster. the Sherman when Hill. they're getting ready to give the 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 investigator guy or whatever the shot and the cat thing to, uh, to calm him down, and he starts screaming, there's a bubble in it, there's a bubble in it. I remember having to look at my mom, speaking of horror, because I hated getting shots. I said, why is he worried about a bubble? And my mom went, oh, well, if there's a bubble in the syringe, it can kill you. By the way, I still think about that every time I have to get a shot. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Anyway, um but I think that's really interesting, right? Because these are gateways to other things. And so yeah. I got into, I love science fiction. Even the science fiction that, quite frankly, did scare me. Great of the Ark, the ending did always scare me. I loved it. I would watch it because it was this great adventure film with a little bit of science fiction, a little bit of, but the ending always got to me. Less so, oddly enough, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom never got to me. Uh, I don't like people to grab my heart and chant, or my chest and chant still. But other than that, I'm good. Right. Um, so I, I know I what I'm doing next time I see you. Oh, I literally a snake thing that we have. my my beloved wife has literally put her hand there and went Mola Ram to wake me up before, and I literally went, "Don't, just don't do that. It's not going to end well <laughs> over time. Like one day I will just wake out and freak uh, wake up and freak out, and it'll be bad." Um, but I think that's one of the things about talking about these threads because I ask you the question about Stephen King if you started reading Stephen King because oddly enough. You know, I, I I like Star Trek, and James Blish did the Star Trek logs where he basically uh, novelized or, or adapted every episode of the original series and every episode of the animated series. And he would, you know, sometimes have to flesh out details and stuff. And, and I remember reading all of those, and one of them, you know, of course, it would talk about who wrote the actual episode, which is how I discovered Harlan Ellison, which is how I started reading a lot of other science fiction authors, which led me to you know, more and more things. So I think that's really, you know, again, everybody's going to find their own way, right? Yeah. And so yeah. I, I think it's interesting because I use comedy to get to horror, but I started yeah. with science fiction. Well, yeah. And, you know, you say that and I believe me, I will fully admit it is damn unwatchable now. But as a kid, I really, well, we made this joke, but I seriously, I watched Ghost Fever a lot when I was a kid. Because like I said, I had a hard time with with some some horror, but Critters led to Return of the Living Dead, um, and that led to and then that just it just kept building up, and then it led to Child's Play, and then it, that led to Halloween, um, and then that led to too. I still I still feel like a fool to this day that Friday the Thirteenth scared me as much as it did. Why? Because it you look at it now and it's silly. But as a kid, I I could not. I lived out now. Joe Joe's gonna say he's not as rural as I live, but I lived out in the rural area. Well, compared compared to a compared, lot, I mean, compared I to a lot of other places, you guys were. Uh, yes, we, we know we, you. We were high. We were highfalutin. I was highfalutin. Probably <laughs> didn't even have to use a party line at your phone. Yeah, uh, there was a party line. I think when I was a kid. But no, yeah, uh, yeah but. I, I mean, we were, you would go outside my, my house and there would be woods. And if it was nighttime, I wouldn't go out there. Cause if I heard a rustle or something, I thought, I seriously thought somebody out was out there with an ax going to kill me. I mean, you may be not wrong. 
No, I, I mean, know. Yeah. I mean, it is the country. Can you imagine though? Let's look at that from the other point of view. And and, and, and and during deer season, you do not want to be out there. Oh well, no, you don't. That's true anyway. But <laughs> it, let's look at this other point of view, Chad. Why did you never think about it this way? Now imagine, let's just say Bubba. Bubba's a mad murderer, and now yeah. he takes the time, Chad. He he literally thinks, "Who am I going to kill tonight? I'll kill the Jennings boy." He takes the time. He sharpens his axe. He stands in the woods all night waiting for you to come outside, Chad. Did you ever think about how he probably felt? Yeah. <laughs> he put forth a lot of effort, Chad. All he, he wanted you to do was come out and play until you died, and you wouldn't even come outside. No, I would look at that glass door looking out our backyard, and I'm like, nope. And if I ever was out there at nighttime, and I, I swear to God, I I, I got I, I got legitimately scared for, because of Friday the 13th. And, and like I said, Nightmare on Elm Street did the same thing to me. But... That that was my grad. That was my introduction to horror was Critters and Cujo, uh, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Now, science fiction, science fiction is interesting for me because it on it honestly it started out with Star Wars, but not it started with Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Um, that's what got me into science fiction, and then that and then of course, um, you got TV, uh, because again I got introduced to Ghostbusters backwards, the animated series, and. And Ghostbusters, the animated series, and Transformers. But you're not me. the only one like that. You know, our friend Peacock, who's been on the show, Jonathan Peacock, and who's yeah. an outstanding person. I'll give him a shout out. I asked him that. I just happened to be standing next to him, and he came up and was talking to me. And I said, how, how did you? And he said it was through the animated series as well. And I don't know that we've talked about that, but I, I, no. I just, it, they all came second to me. So it's just weird knowing that one of my, that you who loves Ghostbusters. I don't think we talked about you getting introduced to that through that. No, we we oh. did in we did in an episode a long time ago. Oh, I don't and, and, and again you were kind of shocked about it then too. Oh, yeah, I'm still I mean, shocked. Yeah, See, it, that's it, the it, that's the gift of Alzheimer's Chad. You know, that was the whole thing about and again, I know I, out of the three of us, I have the weirdest introduction to some of the movies I love the most because I did not know I got introduced to sequels or TV shows that led me to those. But Ghostbusters and and Transformers really got me into science fiction on top of Star Wars. I mean, it, it's what made me love it. And then what? It, go ahead. And no, I was saying, and that's the same thing, right? I mentioned I love, I got into horror more because of comedy. And Ghostbusters is again that, that perfect blend of science fiction and comedy, horror and comedy. Yeah, I mean, it 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 made me love it. And I, I and it's still, if there's a science fiction movie, I'm going to watch it. And then also too, I here's what really and those got me started here's what really got me started into science fiction it's not a movie it's a year 1987 because in 1987 three science fiction movies just blew my mind one's and two of them huh one predator one's predator that's number one predator was followed by robocop and robocop was followed by the running man oh yeah all three in one year. And I saw all three as soon as they came out on VHS tape and it never stopped after that. Yeah, I, you know, the other thing that I think about that probably led me to horror too. And I didn't think about it till you were just talking about what you watched in, in those three films in particular, though, I mentioned we had KET and masterpiece theater. You watched masterpiece theater. See, man, as a, even as a kid, I was, I, I could not, I could not stay focused. It will the the opening artwork, which is by Edward Gorey, and I oh, have yeah. I have the Amphigories behind me, his complete collections. I love that opening, 
And my aunt used to come and visit often, and she loved Sherlock Holmes. And of course, not every week was Sherlock Holmes. But, you know, it was always a murder mystery. It'd be Miss Marple or Crow or whatever. Um, but, you know, it was always the weeping woman on the tombstone at the beginning of the anime, you know, the uh, the Edward Gorey art and all of that stuff. And it really, and I think that helped me ease my way into horror too, right? Because what do you have to have to have a murder mystery? You have to have a body. You have to have a murder. And I love those. I love those. And I think it helped me transition better into watching horror because you get used to, you know, you want Sherlock Holmes to solve the crime, but you're going to have to get through that body first, right? You're going to have to get through the kill. You're going to have to get through. And and so I think murder mysteries probably helped me get ready for horror too. I didn't think yeah. about that till you were talking, Chad. Sorry. No, I was going to say, and with Masterpiece Theater, it's as honest. And it was just my child's, my childhood short-term memory or attention span, which by the way, 42 year old still has the same issue. Well, well I was going to say, and again, I think the only reason I got really into it is we had three channels. Yeah. Right. I mean, and, and the farm report was one of those. And, oh, yeah. and there's only so much you can, so many times you can check on what a bushel of corn selling for Chad before you can be like, you know what? I, I can wait a few days. Yeah. Uh, uh, quick side note, side story. Uh, we were hanging, uh, we had a night out with, um, uh, uh, one of my daughter's best friends, uh, parents, we went to their house. We had, we had some hors d'oeuvres and a couple of drinks and we were just sitting, we were sitting around and and talking and we got on the topic of TV and they said, yeah, we only had the three channels. Uh, so we didn't really watch a lot of movies back then. And I said, Oh really? Uh, well, let me tell you, I lived the high life. I lived right the dead center in, in the exact middle between the two major cities in, in Kentucky. So not only did I have, I had six channels, two ABCs, two Foxes, two CBSs. Uh, um, and on top of that, on a clear summer night, I got the Cincinnati stations. <laughs> oh, look at Mr. Fritch, fancy Fritchman. That's with what all James hears. All I hear is, is you cheating bitch. <laughs> Out talking to other people, adults drinking with them. <laughs> now, now, Joe, we have to let Chad have his own life. I'm sorry. Because otherwise, to... what would we watch but through all those binoculars? <laughs> oh, I was waiting for the joke. I was like, there's a pause there. Oh, no. So, yeah, no, that, I mean, seriously, uh, Ghostbusters and Star Wars, followed by 1987, and then, of course, Transformers. I, I signed, That's what made me love science fiction. That's what popped my cherry. That and a hooker named Valdosta. And if you want to get into books, I mean, when I was a kid, when I went to the library, I, I, I've talked to you guys about this. It was, I, I had a hard time because I love to read, but I went to a library. I, I went to a school that was frankly not the best in the world. And the library selection was not that be the best, but so I made do with what I had. And I was picking out like books about Dracula and the werewolf. And, you know, then I went into cryptids. Oh. And I read book, I read books on Bigfoot and Loch Ness monster and UFOs. Yeah. I mean, I, I that's what that's what interested me. I wasn't reading kid stories. I was reading books about those. Yeah, I was gonna say now I could read stuff that didn't scare me as much as if I watched it. But so yeah, no, I read a lot of that. And I'll be honest, the stupid choose your own. I shouldn't say stupid. The choose your I own adventure stuff. I was going to get to it in a second. Thank you for bringing it up. Go ahead. Oh my Those god, people that don't remember choose your own adventure, James. Oh, I mean, I, and I've got one of them. They did one that was Star Trek. It wasn't choose your own adventure. It was one of the knockoff no, ones. Well, but they by did. the way, while I look for one. But they did I, choose, 
Yeah, go ahead, Chad. I, I, I'm sorry. I just got to quickly mention about the horror. The other thing that popped my cherry on horror, other than Critters and Cujo, the Monster Squad guys. The Monster Squad, bar none. You know, I, oddly enough, Chad, I should also mention Edgar Allan Poe because my dad really was not prepared to be a father in that he loved me. Don't get me wrong. But dad never understood how to talk to people, let alone small people, children, <laughs> or what most right. people call them. Yeah. And so I can remember I had a great aunt that passed away or something. And, and my dad didn't know how to talk to me about it. This is a 100% true story. And they had to go to the funeral. And, of course, they didn't want me to go because they say, hey, you're too young. And my mom probably didn't want me to see the body or whatever. Um, so my dad went, well, let me let me tell you a story before we go. And I kid you not, my dad read me The Raven. The first time I read The Raven, I was probably about four or five years old. And dad, that was my dad couldn't find a way to explain to me the concept concept of like that and he didn't turn to the bible he didn't turn to he literally went well here's a distraction and read me the raven <laughs> and <laughs> and it's why it's burned into my head that's why i have a copy of the raven in my office i keep a copy there and i have multiple copies of the works of poe on my shelf behind me and i love poe to this day but i think that's another place that got burned into my head right and i think poe is another way to look at horror because as the first uh, Treehouse of Horror points out, the Raven isn't terrifying on the surface. The Raven gets scarier, I think, as you get older and you start to realize what that Raven could be, right? right. What it represents, what it means, what's pushing you down, what will never leave you. Um, but but as a kid, I was even then I was like, oh, this is really cool, right? It's really. There's this thing that flies in. It's just a bird. It's just a bird. We're surrounded by birds. But it becomes something more. And so even though I didn't fully understand it at five, four or five years old, it burned its way into my head. Um, but anyway, back to Choose Your Own Adventure. I think I love those because it was interactive reading, right? I mean, now, uh, I mean, before, now we have computers and stuff, right? Right? I mean, like kids play video games and stuff yeah but did you cheat did you look ahead no i wouldn't let myself it was one of the few times all the time man. it was one of the few times i had strict morality but now the thing is i regret was it, it when you killed that hobo well i killed him because he said why don't you just cheat at them books and i said no hobo and then i beat him with a stick these no, are looking uh, really familiar and, and the I hobo think was angela lansbury i think <laughs> i've read a couple of these but i don't remember doing it Oh, I used to do it all the time. Now that you've talked about Choose Your Own Adventure, and we're going to talk about literature, and before Stephen King, anybody remember these? The scariest stories you ever heard? You could get oh, them yeah. at Book Fair. Book Fair. And if, yeah. you're not, if, you, if you're listening to us and you want to switch over to YouTube, you can see it on this thing. These things are creepy as hell, and they just, in the 80s, would give you cash. If you're lucky, your mom or dad would give you cash, and you go to the book fair, and you just buy shit. Because the book fair was the greatest thing on earth. I have, by the way, look, I have all three parts. Here's another one Joe Lewis bought with his uh, The World's Most Famous Ghost. So, I I mean, even as a kid, I was probably pretty screwed up. No, no, no dude, I, that, say, I did too. I, uh, yeah, go ahead, James, and I'll tell you mine. I've held on to I, them now. What? I'm 44 years old. I've held on to them for 37, 38 years. I think it's one of the things, though, and I've even had students do this for assignments, and I'll talk about that in a second. Uh, but, I, you know, I think that 
Joe's right. The book fairs, and I said, I was scared to death of horror movies, but books never bothered me. And I remember the Scholastic Book Fair. If anybody can find a copy of it, I do not have a copy. My copy this is probably is somewhere. Though, the world's most famous ghost. I'd have been seven when I purchased this baby. My, uh, I'm sure somewhere on my family farm, my old copy of this. But there was a book that allegedly was based on actual cases called Phone Calls from a Ghost. And it allegedly, it was chapter after chapter about how weird things happen over telephone lines pretty much since the telephone was invented. And it chronicled them and told the stories behind them. And I remember that book because it was literally one of those things that, again, it didn't scare me as much as a movie about a phone call from a ghost would have at that age. But I remember reading it. And then if you were reading it and the phone happened to ring at that time, you were, oh, okay, cool. No, it's fine. I'm not answering it, but cool. And so I, you're absolutely right. I mean, because without fail, now I've read tons of Ghostbusters books. I had the Ghostbusters 2 adaptation. Yeah. I had, and they all came through those book fairs because my parents, again, we didn't have a ton of money per se, but my parents' philosophy was always if it's a book and we can afford it at all, we'll buy it for you, which is why, I mean, I've got books everywhere. And I always will have books everywhere. And if I, when I have a bad day, I go to a bookstore and it cheers me up because I'm surrounded by the ideas people have. Did I go so, the wrong way on that? What? I said losers. No, no. Um, most people in bookstores uh, aren't losers. Are burning them. They, no, they have money to buy books. And generally, people that have some sort of funding aren't complete losers. I mean, I may not always agree with them, but they've done something right in their life if they have book money. Hmm. That's my philosophy, at least. Yeah. I, book money's way better. Or than they're bums money. and they're just looking there to read free books. And <laughs> it's Angela Lansbury, and James thought she was a hobo and murdered her. That's not true. I did not murder Angela Lansbury. That was a snake of time. You murdered the snake of time? Oh, my God, did I? Are we immortal now? I don't know. All right, gentlemen, what else so, are we going to talk about? Well, well, let me talk about books real quick, because uh, there are two books that I want to talk about, too, real quick. And they're from the, I didn't realize they were from the same person. Um, the first one was that introduced me to horror in a dark, dark room. Any of you all remember that one? No. Uh, that, uh, who wrote that? It's, re it's stories retold by Alvin Schwartz. Okay, yeah. Um, and if you do, you all know Alvin Schwartz. Does the name ring familiar? It sounds familiar. Yes, yeah, he is also right. he is also the person who uh, retold the stories of my other introduction to horror and novels, scary stories to tell in, tell the, in dark. the dark. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah, a, a dark dark in a dark dark room was his first uh, foray into that, followed by scary stories to tell in the dark. In a dark dark room, still has one of those stories that still creeps me out, and I read it to the kids. Uh, last year, it's I think it's uh, what was it called? It's called the Green Ribbon, and it's about a little. It's about a little boy who find who meets this girl who has a yellow a green ribbon tied yep. around her neck, and they and it's about them slowly growing up and falling in love and getting married, and then they go uh, and then as she's dying, and he keeps asking her about the green ribbon, and you know she refuses to tell him, and then at, as she's in on her, her deathbed, he goes, "Okay, you can take off the green ribbon," and when she takes it off, her head falls off. Yeah, I thought that was, huh? Good. And if you look at the artwork, it is creepy as hell. And then he just upped it again in scary stories to tell in the dark. And I loved every story in there. And then that the followed by the what was it? The big toe, 
Yeah. Big toe story. Oh man, I love the my big toe. But now that that is a story that's one of that's almost like a jack tale if you're familiar with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say because there was another collection that was put out by Scholastic and it's about a creature that they cut off its tail and it comes looking for its tail. Right. Well, jack tails are like basically yeah. they're folk tales and they've been around for a long time. My big toe, my great grandmother told me that. Yeah. Yeah. You never went to the Scholastic Book Fair. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it's it's the uh Yeah, yeah, I, I was saying there's actually all the maybe what you know what? Now that we're talking this out, that old lady scared the shit out of me with uh that one. And, and she, all the and all the molesting. <laughs> well, there was biscuits and gravy and that was worth it. So, cuz I've never had anything smothered quite, on her butt. I I'd eat them that way now. Uh, I have yet to have those biscuits anywhere I can find them. And I'm sure in my mind, they're just better than what they were, but uh, probably not. They probably were amazing. And now it's just dead. Thanks, Chad. You're welcome. She told me that one. Another one was about, uh, she didn't know. She never said Panther. Have you guys ever heard uh, someone from Southeastern Kentucky call them painters? Yeah. 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 Painters attack. There was one about that, and there was one about a light shining out of the ground, and it's where a dead baby had been buried. Yeah, yep. All of these came from my great-grandmother. I will say this. Also in Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark was the Viper. I've come to vipe the windows. I've come to vipe the windows. And then I love the fact that G.I. Joe did a whole episode on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was so tickled. <laughs> yep. No, I, I was. Oh, like, I, it was. I, I still remember to this day. I watched the cartoon and go, "Oh, somebody's come to watch the windows." <laughs> yeah, but, but you know, I, I've got oddly enough, and we've been talking about this, and you talk about Schwartz, and Schwartz is definitely known for scary stories to tell in the dark, right? But yeah, I mean, it's all, and it's all compiled stories. He didn't, there. I don't think there are any original stories in there. No, well, and Poe, one of my one of my Poe collections here. Poe is known, and they even when they make these additions they make them all dark and creepy looking most of poe's stories are not horror stories i know but it's just what it's associated with which is a bummer yeah i mean because poe actually i mean poe wrote some comedies Mm -hmm. one of my favorite comedies is about you know the guy looking through the telescope and he sees the monster coming over the hill and blah 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 and it's a bug that is you know and it's the entire joke, right? It plays oh, out of a multiple oh, oh, That Poe, he was a laugh a minute when he was, what was he doing with his cousin? Oh, he was banging his, his cousin and died in a gutter. Died in a ditch. Which, by the way, he, he didn't did technically not. die in a gutter. He died, no, he a died in a bed. Yeah, they, they got him. They tried to treat him. And there's a lot of misunderstandings about that. Matter of fact, there's a new book out. Uh, James, you're well. wrong in accusing that Edgar Allan Poe. He died on a I bench. own that film, sir. And but that he, is not accurate. That, that movie is, is factual. No, it's not. Yes, it is. I wish Sylvester Stallone would have got to make his Poe movie. I really do wish that would have happened. Um, but speaking of which, if you're interested in a great book about the death of Poe, Once Upon a Midnight Dreary uh, is a great. Because it, it looks at all the theories, all the theories behind how Poe may have died. Uh, and I'm forgetting who it's by, but it's on my shelf somewhere. Was it with a bullet? Uh, no, the theory actually that... The you're most... talking about the voting fraud? The most compelling theory is actually that his future, well, who would have been his future brother-in-law's killed him or led oh. to him being killed. See, I so always like the theory that people, he got, they they got him really drunk to keep re-voting. Yeah. And, which changed, is, and then, and then eventually killed him. Which was a common occurrence too. And he was, cause he, he had joined a temperance movement. He was yeah. sober. 
uh, during that time. But why can't we just call him a damned alcoholic and he died of cirrhosis? Because he didn't have a he was and people always have this mental image of him being frail, right? And he wasn't. He was I didn't an call athlete. Him frail. He he. Died. But I mean, he was an athlete. It would be. I mean, I honestly, and, I'm, I'm kind of shocked to hear this. I really did think he was frail. I thought he was like sickly. No, he swam the. Uh, somebody bet him he couldn't swim five miles in he swam uh, the English Channel, dude. Way before yeah. that one chick did. What's her name? Agatha. He didn't swim the English Channel. He's from. He was in America. Yeah, no, they no. didn't go there. They did. He, he, before Amelia Earhart did it, because she swept the channel, he did it. <laughs> what? What about how Charles Lindbergh got through Europe on that Volkswagen Beetle? Yeah, well, they was them Nazis <laughs> were selling them to pay for the war, and Lindbergh <laughs> was a Nazi supporter. Him and Hale, him and Helen Keller, yeah, hiding in that attic. Hey. 50% of this story is true. Google it. <laughs> no, Poe po, uh, was challenged once to swim five miles because uh, uh, get upstream against the current. Upstream. And, he walked up the hill five miles to go to school. Did and, you really just pull that up in a, a book and pull it right to the chapter where you knew it was? Me? Yeah. Yeah. That's impressive. I'm, yeah. Dude, I really do study Poe. I think he's a fascinating human being. I I, the, dude, I know you do. It was the first. It was like when the second. Was. It's the second or third time I met you, and you threatened to kill me when I made that joke. I don't. But think it, he did. He swam uh, seven miles to prove because they said he couldn't do five. He did seven to win a bet. Now, by the way, he may have had a gambling compulsion. That part probably more than the alcohol issue. He was a notoriously bad gambler, and yeah. that he was bad at gambling, but wouldn't quit. Which is why he couldn't finish West or couldn't finish uh, University of Virginia. He he was in debt and he had to flee, and so he joined the military under a fake name. There's fascinating stories to be told about Poe, which is why I wanted Sylvester Stallone to make his movie because I know he's a big. All right, what were we talking about? Well, uh, we all that about, is just... we were talking about novels that led like led us to horror. Well, but I, I was then... about to say you know, but we're talking about Schwartz, and then that yeah. led me to think about Poe in that. These people did a lot of other stuff, but they're linked to horror. Mm -hmm. Probably in a way even more than Stephen King is, right? Because Stephen King can get away with writing a mystery. And yeah, I probably he's probably gotten away with it more. Now, what we, he will get away with 100 years from now, I don't know. But yeah. I, people tend to hold on to the Shawshank Redemption. Now, 50 years from now, will they still be holding on to it? We'll be dead, I don't know. But Well, it's, it's you know, the, the, the Harlan well, also made that comment. Harlan also made that comment. A comment about uh, Francis Buddington Kelland, who created Mr. Deeds and all that stuff, and about how for a good 20 years, he was the most celebrated living author yeah. in America. Okay, Saturday Evening Post, all those people were in their stories, and nobody, nobody ever goes, you know who the greatest American author is now? Francis, but nobody says that. Nobody. Fairly weird thing that just happened. James slurred one of his S's, and it kind of sounded like he was spitting. And at that exact same time, I felt precipitation on my cheek and I got scared. It's that damn roof that James and I were telling you. Yeah. <laughs> you got a hole in your roof. I, not, <laughs> not, not one to quote uh, Bloodhound Gang here, Chad, but the roof is on far. On far, <laughs> We don't need no water. Let them. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've been going an hour. So I. I was trying to find horror film list of, and I wasn't crazy about any of the, a lot of these lists. Gremlins works on a couple of these, but 
For example, yeah. Beetlejuice works slightly if they're a little older because I think a lot of the humor is missing. Yeah. But the Beetlejuice anime yeah. series, my kids like it. Like so, it. I mean, they're older now. They've seen the real one. Right. The, Coral the Pine uh, and Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, my kid likes Hotel Transylvania. I don't particularly care for it, but it's also it was literally never made for me. Um, I'm just not a huge nightmare for Christmas. I don't... I don't, these weren't what got me, and maybe that's the reason I don't particularly agree. Now, there's yeah. another list where it's Jaws and Poltergeist and Frankenstein and Ghostbusters, and that's that's a little more accurate to me. Yeah, yeah, I, but I, and by the way, my kids loved. Actually, the Invisible Man got my kids. Oh, and something well, with yeah. the comes. Which Invisible? I mean, I'm starting with with my my oldest. Um, my youngest is still she still gets scared too easily but she's she's branching out she watched temple of doom and loved it which i was kind of shocked because i was i was really hesitant out of all the, the indiana jones to show her temple of doom um but she liked it um but my oldest it started with i, I introduced her to beetlejuice the cartoon and then ghostbusters the cartoon and when i really ventured out is probably ghostbusters afterlife and when she proved that she could watch that and not get scared, um, we started watching Gremlins. Um, then that led to uh, Indiana Jones, and she's really diving deep into the movies that I'm introducing her to. Now, granted, she is finding her own path, like we've mentioned. And, I mean, she loves watching the movies with her father, but she's really into music, which I never was. I mean, I just never was. And, you know, I'm, expl I'm, I'm, I'm doing the same thing of planting those seeds of, of music with her and doing my own research of people that she may like and introducing her to those too, um, which is fun for me. I never, I, I am, as you both know, I, and my viewers, I don't know if they've, I am not a big music person. I just can't sit down and listen to music for hours. I, I, I just get bored usually after about 10 minutes of listening to music, but my daughter doesn't. And it's been fun. It's been fun researching and finding relevant artists to this time versus, but at the same time, like introducing her to Annie Lennox and Pat Benatar and things like that. It's, it's been, it's been a blast. But not my me. chemical romance. No. So she found the, she found the breeders today and she wants to show, she wants to see more of the breeders, which I was like, okay, we can do that. <laughs> and Farouk assault. So, How is she going to join the black parade? <laughs> guys are so nineties. Back to what I was saying. By the way, my eldest wore my chemical romance shirt to school today. It's the only reason it's in my mind. Oh, and they, 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 they picked it out themselves, the by the way. It wasn't, oh, let me buy this shirt for you. It means something to me. Nope. It was, oh, I love this band. And I'm like, really? How do you know that band? Oh, man. She 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 fell in love with this band called Beat Me at the Altar, which I never heard of. And I listened. And it's, for it's a, a sacrifice. It's a, it's a three-piece female pop band slash punk. And I'm I'm enjoying every video that, that we've watched together. I'm like, I oh, think man. you need to introduce your children to Rasputina. And start with the song The Medieval Exorcist. By the way, if you've never heard this before, kids, go look it up. It's a lot of fun when the little girl starts to tell the story and then the demon joins in. It's a blast. Dude, no, she, uh, like, literally, she'll go, Daddy, well, what do you used to listen to? And I'm like, oh, man, do I, sh and I did it. I was like, okay, we're going to Then he pulled out his Pizza Hut Ninja Turtle rap songs. No, well, close. I, I introduced her to Heavy D and the Boys. Oh yeah, yeah, and and uh, some the some, huh? 
what James refers to as junk as. And another bad the overweight lovers in the house. He has for years. This isn't a joke. Dude, Heavy D and the Boys was my Heavy D was like one of my was my favorite artist as a, as a kid. James, and I'm, this is your favorite artist. I can't hear Heavy D and the Boys without thinking of James talking about his damn junk. I am sorry. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> right. There is a couple we missed real quick. Uh, and they're one of and it's Disney, uh, the Adventures of Mr. Toad and Ichabod. Yeah, Ichabod I guess you could. But again, when I watched it as a kid, though, I never saw that as horror. Oh, oh no, it scares the living crap out of me. It really is, yeah. I, I know that I know that it is now, but as a kid, not so much just, the, the toad part, but the Ichabod no, no, the, no, and I'm when I'm referring to that, and because they have Monsters Inc. listed, and I don't know that I agree with that. Uh, no, Monster, Monsters Inc. is about mid level man. <laughs> Man. Yeah, which is no. horrific in its own right. Don't get no, me. I just, I just love the the guy on the horse with the flaming pumpkin. I never viewed that as scary as a kid. I don't oh, know if that's no. just my. I just thought it was amazing. I just like has to be scary if that makes sense. No, it does make sense. I just thought it was cool. Okay, there are two movies because I shit on this a while for a few minutes earlier in the episode. There are two movies that I thoroughly enjoyed that I think you can show your children. I, I, I've showed one of them to my five well he was three or four and he kind of enjoyed it and I'd like to go back and show it to him again but I think the house with a clock in its wall yeah oh yeah which uh Belair's the book that's based on I don't love it it. it it is he is much like Roald Dahl who wrote Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and all those both of those authors are very important authors for children and I will defend them with my last because they don't pull punches Mm-hmm. If you read, actually, A House with a Clock in Its Walls as a movie is kinder in many ways than the book is. The book actually has some pretty horrific scenes. It also has more magic in it. Um, if you've never read, and there's, uh, I've got over here on my shelf, that's why I keep looking over here. Uh, Bel Air is, is, is an author. They tried to adapt that for years before it finally got adapted. It forever. Spielberg finally produced it it's through amblin and of all people eli yeah. roth was the director yeah. but if you if you've never read the books uh read them with your kid i read them to my kids before they ever saw the movie and they are just creepy enough just creepy enough but they're also quite frankly to an adult where you do analyze things differently than a child will they they become even creepier i think i mean there's it depends how far do you want to read into it right it's one of those things that, you know, kids aren't scared of death the way sometimes adults are. And right. I think I think Bel Airs was an author who could play on that pretty well. Okay. By the way, Joe, I'm curious what your second one is. And then I want to, I want to read, I want to add one that we haven't talked about. And I just now hit me because I just realized I introduced my kids to horror at a very young age. So go ahead. Night Books came out in 2021. Okay. Night Books is an extremely well-made movie. It's directed and written by David Yaroveski, who directed Night Burn, no, Light Burn, whatever the Superman villain horror movie was. And even though I, I like shades of that, it was a flawed film at best, whereas Night Books is very engaging, extremely well-made. It's beautiful. I've never read the book by J.A. White. I, I'd like to someday, but I enjoyed, I that's a... I don't know. I just never heard anybody talk about it. And I've reviewed it and it's on Netflix. You can see it anytime. And I just, that's one that I was like, oh, and Kristen Ritter's really good in it, whom I'm not a huge fan of, but I think she's pretty good in it. No, it's, it's, it's a, uh, oddly enough, watch it with my kids for Halloween that year, the pandemic I, year. Well, it's a good movie. It's a good it's movie. Movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. 
It's a good story. Yeah. And it's 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 punches. It's got some it's got some minutes. It's got some minutes. I even showed it to my kid. I thought it was a little too much. Uh, Oh no, so the movie I forget because I I introduced to my kids when they were very young and they love it and they still love it. They asked to watch it, and my youngest has actually asked to watch all the iterations of it. Sophie's choice. No, the Adams family. Yeah, I tried. I showed it to him, and he's just not into it. It's another oh. one of those failed experiments. He didn't even care for the new animated movie at all. I didn't even bother to watch the second one. Of course, I wasn't particularly fond of the new animated movie either. Yeah. He just, I tried showing it to him. I had, I've had an easier time showing him Twilight Zone episodes than I have the original Adams Family. Now, he has learned to snap his fingers and can do that. Yeah. He likes the song and the music, but it's to sit down or thinks any of that is interesting. No. Yeah, both my both my kids, when they watched it, I watched, I showed it to Abby first because um, she's, she's a little bit older than my, than my youngest. And she loved it. And then I immediately turned around and showed it to my youngest. And she loved it. And to this day, my youngest is still Adam's family obsessed. And to the point of she wants to watch Wednesday and I really want to show it to her, but I think you two said not to, and some and a few other people said uh, not to. Which one? Haley or Abby? Haley. Yeah, Haley. If it was Abby, you'd be fine. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, uh, she 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 has been crying for months that she wanted to watch Wednesday when I found out, oh, not appropriate. You can't watch it. She's still bummed about it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know, but yeah, I, I think you brought that up. I think Adam's family is one of those things that I always love too. Yeah, right? I mean, same it's, here. It started again syndication. What was cheap to air? Adam Family, right? Adam Family and Monsters both. Adam Family and Monsters. Yeah, I always prefer. We all three prefer Adam Family. Monsters too. Um, but I, I think that's another thing too because they're they're not they're they're people. And matter of fact, actually, they're people that you can understand, right? I mean. In the very first episode of the Adams Family, when John Aston is Gomez, uh, you know, Wednesday comes home crying from school, and it's because they read her a fairy tale where the dragon was killed, and she's upset that they killed the dragon. It makes sense that you well, you should be upset. What did the dragon actually do? The dragon was doing dragony things. There's a me- message about conservation there, right? <laughs> um <laughs> And so I, I think there's something to that as well. And I think that's one of the things that makes it easy to go back to horror, right? Because I think horror, when it's done well, tells us something. I mean, not to sound deep, but or try to even pretend to sound deep. But horror, when it's done well, tells us something about us, right? What are we actually afraid of? Yeah. The joke that a stand-up comedian made years ago that comes back to my mind on occasion when I think about what I'm afraid of is... For a period of time in the 80s, the Pope owned more bulletproof, protective vehicles and all that stuff than anyone else in the world. And the stand-up comedian went, if the Pope, who is simplifying the joke a little bit, but has a direct connection to the Almighty, is afraid of dying, what shot do the rest of us have? And I think that's the 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 joke that I always think about is that's what horror does for us is it reminds us of why are we afraid of X whatever X is are we afraid of growing old are we afraid of 
you know, being mangled? Or are we afraid of, or are we afraid of going to work on Monday? Hmm. I don't know. Today's Tuesday. Well, no. I don't know when this airs. Does this ever air? Do they even do we put these out still? It's a Sunday. It always comes out on Sunday. All right, um, guys. Is there anything else we want to talk about before we go? Well, I, I think this is a good way to end it. So we've talked about what got you into science fiction or horror, or what got you into what you're into. Yeah, when mm-hmm. you're, yeah. And we talked a little bit about how that led us to read in that field. Or, but my question is, to close us out, what has it led to? It, 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 what has it led you to outside of what people would think? Hmm. For example, can you answer to give me what you're talking about? So I, what, what comes to mind for me is, you know, Star Trek led me to horror, horror and, and other science fiction, hard science fiction, quote unquote. And that has led me to read other people based on other recommendations. So let me give an example. Um, when I first really got active in Twitter, because Joe and I joined Twitter about the same times, and I think both our accounts sent inactive for about, oh, six, seven years. Oh, you're much more active. I, but, yeah, but I mean, I, even I, then, right? I we joined it. Joe, I don't have Evil Joe 2126. I have yeah. Evil Joe. I, there is no reason for me not to be. But but, I, but what I was going to say, but we joined it for work, right? Because that was, everybody was like, oh, you should join it. it for, we worked in the student housing. It joined, so your students could. And I did it for about two weeks while we were in training. And then it said idle. And I had like eight followers, all people I worked with in housing. And it set idle for at least five or six years till really we started doing this. And I started becoming more active on there. But I say that to say, when I started to be active on there and I started to follow people that wrote horror and science fiction and stuff that I, that I admired and, and thinking about examples of Laurel Hightower, I follow her on there. And then we had her on the show, and then she recommended some authors, and I started following them. And then those authors, people like Gabino Iglesias, would say, oh, you should read this author. They're not horror. But So, for instance, an example would be I read uh, Jamie Attenberg, not a horror writer. Really, I guess you'd say a drama writer. Mm-hmm. Uh, wrote a book called All Grown Up, and it's about basically becoming middle-aged and starting to realize where do you fit in this world, right? Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed the novel because it's one of the only novels I've read that probably has something to say about, quote unquote, our generation, right? You always hear about those generational books like, oh, you know, Kerouac wrote the Beat Generation book. I don't feel like we've had a lot of people recognized for writing books about our generation. I would argue Jamie Attenberg's All Grown Up does. And it also has one of the best lines that I think could belong in a horror novel but doesn't because there's a scene where the character, the protagonist of the novel says that they're not getting any younger. And the way they sum that up is I am the captain of the sinking vessel that is my flesh. Mm -hmm. That line is burning into my head, but it's not from horror. I never would have discovered Jamie Attenberg. And I've read a few of her other books since then. Had it not been for, uh, Cabino Iglesias recommending or retweeting one of her books, and then which I discovered because of Laurel Hightower, which I discovered because we started talking about horror, had her on the show, all of that stuff. And so I think that's what comes to mind for me is I have discovered, I guess, quote unquote, horror is a real novel, but I've discovered other novels. I've discovered discovered other genres 
and and figures in other genres because I started with science fiction. Mm -hmm. So that's what that's what I'm getting at is what else have you discovered because horror was this gateway to X. Well, it would be a lot of different authors and movies, like you said, and then finding out actually what it taught me was directors for movies, especially, and then moving and finding the rest of her filmography. But you know what it's given me while you were sitting there talking about it? And this isn't the answer you're probably looking for. What it's given me is a rich middle age. And what I mean by that is, is I have one of the best side gigs on earth and I have tremendous i've never been blessed with good and if you've heard both of you've heard me post this and say this a thousand times i never was blessed with overabundance intelligence good looks or money but i've always had tons of great friends and uh, a lot of that i mean chad we start, struck up a conversation about sam raimi yeah so my answer to you would be that does that make sense no i agree and i, I think there's something would... None of it would have happened without it. If I were into Farmer's Almanac, I have no idea, James. Or no, no, but I think that's it. I think that, I think you're right. I think I, I think I there's something. Not, I never would have met Chad. I think there's something about the geekery. Where I wouldn't. I, yeah, I think there's something, and I I say geekery is a high honor in my world. Of there's something about horror, and and you've you've done the quote before, and we've referenced it before. About Max Brooks saying, Max "People Brooks. date comedy, people marry horror." Marry horror, yep. There's a reason all these conventions for science fiction and horror work. Yep, I agree. Chad, what's your answer? So first off, smooches. <laughs> Fuck you, Chad. <laughs> well, that's what smooches normally lead well, to. I, I wish s- I had read that Farmer's Almanac. <laughs> I can't say that. Ben horror. Franklin wouldn't let you down. I really can't say horror. I really can't say horror led me to this. It's more science fiction because I'm both. Let's say genre. Okay. I mean, it honestly, and again, this is probably not the answer James is looking for. I I don't have a set answer. It ain't a quiz, folks. I ain't great. It led me to an outlet. No, you get a B. It, 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 It plain and simple. It did. It led me to an outlet. I was an introverted kid who couldn't talk. I still am 42 years old and have a hard time talking to people. Um, I was lonely. I didn't have a lot. And the, now? no, now I'm now I'm good. I'm where I'm Now I he's be. done. He's cutting people out now. He's not lonely anymore. He's you, he's but, looking for a reason to cut me out right you really now. Just, you'll just really throw that G word around anywhere, won't you? <laughs> but I mean, it led me to explore different it allowed me to escape. It allowed me to take my imagination and run wild. Um, Every movie I picked up, whether it be science fiction or horror, which led me to comedies, which led me to action. And then that led me to go even deeper to find the obscure and the, the, the movies that nobody talks about. And honestly, my, my only real friend in high school, I met, through a love of movies and we talked about it for four years and then I graduated and I met Joe because of movies and TV, the murder. which, which now again, led me like one of those glass onion flashbacks. Yeah. And it, it allowed me to become move more out of my shell as I got older. And then I met James and then because of Joe, I met my wife and because of that, I have two kids and a house and everything else. So 
it gave me an escape out of this shell that allowed me to become who I am. Also, and... waiting for for what you've done for me. <laughs> I'm gonna not stop. a damn thing. No, no. So that's some deep fried turkey left over. That's what allowed me to expand out. I mean, it allowed, and again what James said is uh, science fiction led me science fiction and horror led me to read novels, which gave me a lifelong love of reading books, which I have not been able to explore in quite some time because I am a very busy man and I can't pick up a book and read it. <laughs> Do you know how many times I've picked up the book? The stars are my destination and I get really oh involved in God, that. Chad is so good. Even James said Joe's right. It's so good. It is really I good. Do, now, I the, keep the getting, portrayal of women's dated it is very oh, dated. No, it's extremely but, dated. No, here's the problem. I pick, I've picked up the book and I, I like at least seven times and I've read the first 10 to 15 pages and I go, damn, this is a good book. And then I proceed to put it down and get, involved with life and i'm like oh shit i never did pick that back up and then i have to read the 10 to 15 pages again and i'm like damn this is a good book now put it down i have i've been trying to read i've been trying to read red shirts for longer than that and i oh, still can't shirts, get through it red shirts uh, okay and i know i said that with my final question i got one other thing though we all do have kids we've all yeah. introduced them to stuff and as i mentioned earlier on i can see where they went and you've kind of touched on this too chad um, where they went different than you know, it's not like they're like, oh, they're just impersonating me, right? Yeah, they're yeah. not like my word is good so far, but they're gonna. And so, what one thing that comes to my mind is my love of horror and science fiction. For my eldest, uh, has translated into a love of uh Japanese uh manga uh manga manga I don't know. um. I've heard oh, it both sorry. ways. Sorry, China, but, China, dude. I just finished Chainsaw Man. Well, and, and, but it's the books, I, and and, yeah. and so we have all—not all—we have the first six volumes of Demon Slayer, and it's been really good because now what I find really cool is that because I've recommended stuff, my kid feels comfortable coming back to me and saying, "Dad, you would like Demon Slayer." And by the way. Reading the books, I haven't watched the show yet. I'm going to read the books first because that's I'm that guy. But I've really enjoyed, and actually, to be honest, as I was reading it, some people are like, "Well, are you comfortable with your, you know, child reading that?" Don't stop them from reading. No, no. But and no. by the way, do y'all have are y'all familiar with Demon Slayer? I, I no. have interviewed a third of the damned audio cast. Well, here's the deal. One episode. Let me tell you the first book of Demon Slayer in about four sentences. Kid goes to do his job in the town, leaves yeah. his family behind. He has to be gone overnight. He comes back. Family are dead. They've been murdered. Except for he finds his one sister is still clinging to life. However, it turns out that she's been exposed to demon blood, who is what killed his family, and she's becoming a demon. He will not kill her. He's going to find a cure. Mm -hmm. That's the plot. And I was like, who would not want their family to read this? It's literally a story about somebody standing up for family. All these demon slayers are saying, kill her, kill her, kill her. She's now she's a demon. And him saying, no, I will hunt demons, but I will only hunt demons to help her. 
Right. It's standing up for family. It's who would think that's not a great story to, and, and it's dealing with, yes, bad things are going to happen to family, bad things, but you do what you can to help people. You do, he goes through all this stuff. And so it's been really great. And so I think that's the other thing about introducing your kids to something is when they can introduce something back to you as, yeah. as Chad alluded to as well. So in other words, what does your kid bring to the table? Any Paw Patrol, is that all you're getting? Who me? Yeah, what the hell, Jeff? Uh, Cuphead. Oh, Cuphead. Oh, that's uh, that's 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 about half an hour long. Actually, it's slightly funnier than a half an hour long. But yeah, no. Uh, I what is he? He's five. Not much. I know. I know. No, no. It's it's pretty much. Uh, it's like this relationship Chad was, Chad was talking about with having with me. It's just one sided. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm tired of carrying the load, man. <laughs> My heavy fuck. <laughs> Put oh. that load. Put that load on me. Uh, you guys ready? We're good. Yeah, yeah. I, that's all the questions I came up with. All right. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been Bonehead Share and 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 uh, he froze. Share. He fro- By the way, J- Joe said share, not share. Just make sure you share. <laughs> or you can sunny. Huh. And with that, I'm ending this. Grrrr. <sighs>